Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. A busy week, as we expected. The training camps are officially underway, and everything's still moving right ahead towards uh, coming back to some games and our uh, little playoff tournament. But I think the big news from camp for the Blackhawks so far is there is no Corey Crawford. Now, they've given kind of a, you know, this vague excuse that a lot of uh, teams have been giving that he's unfit. Now, I'm not sure if that means, like, another injury or COVID, um, but, but I was going to ask you. It, it, it's league-mandated. Um, anybody who was injured or the uh, failed the COVID test, they all get grouped into the same bucket. I think it's probably just a, a thing for, the pri- for privacy not necessarily so anybody who's you know just not not ready for training camp um all get put into the same bucket is just i think you know what like you said it's just deemed unfit or whatever so, so it, yeah as you say it, obviously it may not be covid for him yeah. it could be you know concussion issues or just you know whatever who knows he could have you know it could have been you know household accident something who knows but obviously this is if Corey Crawford's not going to play, this what what you know was probably not a great chance to win, but a chance gets pretty big knock on it if he's not able to play. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's definitely the uh, the probably the most uh, important player for the Blackhawks in terms of winning a you know a, a playoff series. The Hawks uh, aren't exactly uh, deep as far as proven goaltenders. Now, uh, Malcolm Subban is a highly athletic guy with some experience, although no playoff experience, um, but has never had sustained success. And, you know, the only other guy who's who's seen some NHL time is, is Colin Delia, who... Uh, when he first came up last year, uh, played some played some nice games and even stole a couple of victories for the Blackhawks at the time. But as his as he continued in the NHL, his play kind of declined, which you know is not unusual for a rookie. Um, but then he went back down. And, well, and I should I guess we should point out that he was expected to be the backup this year to Corey Crawford um, until they were able to get Robin Robin Leonard to agree to that you know bargain one-year contract um, I don't think that was a, a situation where you could expect that going into the offseason and um, Delia was the guy that they were they were kind of counting on um, but then once he uh, got bumped down to the AHL he got off to a, a rough start from what I've read uh, um he was uh, having a child at the time and maybe was a little distracted, uh, you know, maybe was a little disappointed as well by not uh, making the NHL squad. Didn't get off to a real great start, um, but after the birth of his child and as the season progressed, he reasserted himself, took the number one job back from Kevin Lankin and down there and, uh, you know, had a, had himself a, a, a pretty solid overall season. Um, and it was at least on the upswing. Um, so I would expect it would be one of those two guys. Um, Kevin Lankinen is also being rotated through. Um, 
and he was uh, the Hawks or the the Ice Hogs number one goalie for parts of the season while Delia was was struggling um, until he went down with an injury um, at midseason. Uh, but he is fully healthy. Uh, he does have some international experience, so I, you know, I don't know. I think they probably just go with the hot hand. Um, you know, obviously, whoever, you know, they're all getting a chance right now. Um, you know, somebody should be able to hopefully take that number one job and then and and keep it, assuming Crawford is, you know, doesn't return. But I did hear some rumblings right lately that uh, uh, Crawford may be on his way soon. So we'll see. Okay, so and then some other... Um... DeHaan has not been playing. Uh, Murphy hasn't been playing. Same right. excuse, you know, given. Uh, well, DeHaan was... Um, uh, DeHaan, they actually uh, mentioned it as uh, personal reasons. Oh, that's right. Um, so, you know, that probably means... You know, you could probably guess what some of that stuff could mean. Maybe somebody else in his family got sick or um, had a death in the family or something. You know, something like that where he had to take uh, leaving. Uh, go take care of it. And my guess is if he had to leave, um, even for a short amount of time when he came back, my guess is there's probably some quarantine rules, which is yeah, probably yeah. why he's not coming right back in. So, yeah, I, you know, that'll be an interesting situation. It's it's given guys like Nicholas Baudin an opportunity to, to kind of get into the rotation here. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, again, especially if you're not going to have your number one goalie behind you, if you're not going to be able to put out your best defensive grouping, uh, that could, that could spell some trouble. Um, but I'd say on the, uh, on the good news front, um, by all reports, uh, the Blackhawks forwards are, are playing pretty well in, uh, camp so far, um. Kirby Doc is said to have taken advantage of his time away and is looking a little quicker and stronger out there, a little more assertive. Uh, same goes for Alex Nylander, who was one of the, you know, only a handful of guys who uh, had kind of stayed in Chicago and had been working out uh, there. And um, he's been on a line with Strom and Kane. And I did see some quotes from Dylan Strom saying that, you know, Nylander has been playing really well and, you know, kind of looks like a little bit of a different player than he was during the year. So, you know, that, that can really help uh, balance out the lineup quite a bit. You know, there were definitely stretches of this year where the Blackhawks were basically playing with one line that was effective. But if you can get those two young guys uh, performing well, uh, that would be a big boost to the depth and, um, you know, really hopefully give them, you know, three or four lines that they could roll. But yeah. again, it'll all come back to the defense and the goaltending. I, I, as much as I would like to say that the Blackhawks could just outscore the Oilers in this series, the Oilers got, you know, quite a bit of firepower themselves. That, that, that would be a risky proposition. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they, they would, you know, they're really going to need to have all their horses to, to, you know, to, really give it a good effort yeah <clears throat> and of course um dominic cahoon got a calder nomination which was nice to see it Kubli, I, <laughs> that, I knew i would do this <laughs> all year 
Yeah. Not not former Black Ock and Penguin, Cahoon. Kubalik got a yes. Calder. Although Cahoon might have no, I don't think he deserved it last year. No. No, he would have probably been in like the top five or top seven sort of thing, but no, he didn't end up in the top three. I think we should leave it in though. I'm not gonna edit that out because Yeah, that's all right. It's a it's a it's a common I wouldn't well, maybe not a common mistake, but a uh uh, you know, uh, certainly something that uh, is not a big deal. I, honest mistake. That's what I'm going for. It was an honest mistake by you. Anyway, Kubalik, it's good to see him get the Calder nomination, but probably not going to win it, but good to yeah. see him get nominated. I would say no chance that he gets even sniffs it <laughs> um, in the voting. Um, you know, he's he's up against a couple of, uh, the better young defenseman we've seen coming into the NHL in a while in uh, Cole McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Both of them actually outscored him. Uh, Kubelik obviously has the advantage in goals, but um, both of those defensemen have higher point totals and obviously playing a more demanding position, more more minutes, and um, you know just playing more vital roles on their teams. So uh, yeah, I mean he's gonna he's gonna finish a distant third, but you know, there's there's no shame in that. Uh, uh, he's definitely performed very well, been one of the better rookies, and, you know, just becoming a finalist for that award still, uh, you know, still a pretty good honor, so. Yeah. And I think Cole McCarr is probably going to win it, right? That'd be your bet. Um, you- I would probably lean towards McCarr. But I wouldn't have any problem with Quinn Hughes winning it. I'm a big fan of Quinn Hughes. I think he's a really good young player um, and, you know, had a very similar season to Makar. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I could actually see it being a toss-up between the two, but I'd say Makar's probably a little bit more the favorite right now, maybe. Yeah. Well, he gets most of the, you know, he makes the flashy plays, so... Not that Quinn Hughes doesn't either, but... Yeah, yeah. Quinn Hughes, it's more the, his skating ability that gets the pub, and uh, Makar is more... I think he kind of gets a little more uh, pub for his shot and uh, maybe some of his playmaking abilities. But, yeah, they're both great young players, and I wouldn't have an, an issue with either winning it and just, you know, be... I, I expect to see them among the best defensemen in the league for quite some time and both being a thorn in the Blackhawks side um, for, for a long time to come. Um, You know, I think I, you know, we talked uh, on the pod uh, back when Quinn Hughes was drafted. uh, He was the guy that I was really hoping uh, would fall to the Blackhawks. And uh, there were a couple of uh, um, surprise picks in that draft prior to the uh, Hawks selection at number seven or number eight or number, I can't even remember what it was. And for a, a slim moment, I thought, Oh my gosh, Quinn Hughes might actually fall to the Blackhawks. That would be amazing. Uh, but uh, unfortunately he went one pick ahead and not that Adam Boquist is mm-hmm. a poor consolation prize or anything. He's obviously got a nice bright future as well, but you know, I think you're you're already kind of seeing Hughes is a little more NHL ready, um, definitely a better skater. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
full potential, I think Boquist could, is it could maybe match Hughes, but uh, more, you know, quicker to the NHL, more certainty with with Hughes, and but yeah, uh, you know, great player, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Blackhawks are going to be plenty happy with Adam Boquist, though. I think he's uh, he's he's a nice player. Well, speaking of uh, defense prospects, Ian Mitchell officially has now signed with the Blackhawks. Yes. We knew it was coming, but it's now officially he's signed the contract. So, And we'll see him next year, at least in camp. I don't yes. know about regular season. Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll, uh, he'll come into camp with a chance to win uh, a top six job um, as we – discuss every year with this you know everybody will if he comes in and get and, and ends up getting sent down the rockford a lot of fans are going will be up in the arms like oh my god i'd rather have ian mitchell here than whoever crappy seventh defenseman the blackhawks end up carrying next year but it's always goes with the caveat of it is better for a defensive prospect to go down to rockford and play 20 plus minutes than it is to have him sit on the bench in Chicago. Um, so, you know, with with Brent Seabrook, uh, obviously full uh, comeback mode in full swing already. Uh, he's not going to be going anywhere next year. In the you know nobody's going to be taking that contract this offseason with mm-hmm. uh, um, the finances in the NHL as they are. So. Brent Seabrook yeah. is going to be on the Blackhawks next year, assuming he is healthy. Not that they would have uh, taken the contract, even if the financial right. situation was good. But yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, you got Boquist, you got Seabrook, and you have Murphy down the right side right now. And you know, I think there's a chance you could see Colin uh, um, uh, Murphy getting moved, mm-hmm. um, just because he's only, I think he's only got one year left on his deal after this year. Um, and so maybe they could see, um, you know, he's, he, and he's on a pretty reasonable deal and teams will, you know, teams will be looking for right-handed defensemen this off season you know, they're not going to be able to pay full unrestricted free agent prices. Uh, Murphy might be a, a, a guy that would have a, a lot of appeal on a, on a, on a pretty, pretty reasonable deal. So if the Blackhawks do run into, you know, major cap, uh, restraints, um, he would definitely be a guy that I could see being one of the guys that could get moved in order uh, to fit other guys under. Um, just because we, you know, we do have a guy like Mitchell who's going to be available. Um, one other note I think that's important uh, with me and Mitchell's deal: it's not they they had the option of. Well, he had the option of signing for this season and burning a year of his contract. He would not have been eligible to play for the Blackhawks, but he could have practiced with the team and burned a year of his contract. Uh, Mitchell and the Blackhawks agreed to not do that. So Mitchell's contract does not actually kick off until next year. So that kind of pushes his uh, restricted free agency a year into the future which is uh, potentially very good for the Blackhawks because he would have uh, been coming up at the same time as a couple of their other young players. And, you know, that, that you, you always want to try to avoid a bottleneck, you know, kind of like we've had, got this year where Kubelik and 
Strom and Debrinket were all coming up at the same time, and it's hard to work out contracts for all of your good young players. So the fact that we were able to get Mitchell a year a year later, he's not going to end up at the same time as Kirby Doc and Adam Boquist. Mitchell will be a year behind them, so that's that that that's a really good bonus to this uh, situation for the Blackhawks, but maybe not necessarily for Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll ask you: Do you have any take on this? Um, what's that? Pius Suter from the Swiss League. I have not had a chance to watch him yet. Um, that's definitely on my agenda here. Just from what I've read. Um, He's kind of a combination of, well, I shouldn't say combination. He kind of falls in between uh, Dominique Kubelik and David Camp. Um, my expectation is kind of somewhere in between. He's been a guy, he's, he's kind of at the same age as those guys where I think he'll be 24 uh, coming into next year. So kind of the same age that Kubelik came in. So you expect him to be you know, NHL ready, probably step in as a third or fourth line player. He's not a real big guy, but uh, apparently supposed to be a smart player, good at both ends of the ice, um, not really a game breaker. So don't expect 30 goals like we've gotten out of Kuba League. But, you know, maybe a guy that can score 30, 40 points, um, but also contribute defensively be a potential penalty killer, which is something the Blackhawks are always looking for. So, you know, maybe one of those guys that can play in the bottom six and chip in offensively, but then also, you know, contribute on special teams on the penalty kill. And, uh, yeah, just provide more depth. Obviously, every year we're seeing the Blackhawks bring in these European free agents. And, you know, not all of them have been home runs. You know, some of them are just a solid single like David Camp. And if uh, Suter ends up in that mold, uh, you know, it's still going to it's still a good it's still a good get for the Blackhawks. But, you know, you can always kind of hope um, that he's a little more than that. And, you know, he's 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 a guy that uh, only really broke out offensively this year. He was playing at a point per game pace. Uh, over in the Swiss League. No, not the Swiss League. Yeah. He is he he's from Switzerland, but he was playing in I thought he was in the Swiss League. Maybe it was in the Swiss League, yeah. I know he is from Switzerland. Um but uh, yeah, he was uh playing with uh Marcus Kruger over there. Am I no I'm, or am I confusing? No, no, he was. He was, okay, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to remember because they also signed that uh Chalupa uh, guy earlier, and I thought maybe he was the one that was playing with Kruger. But yeah, Kruger had nice things to say about Suter. Thought he was NHL ready, <clears throat> and uh, you know he's a guy who broke out offensively this year. Prior to that, he'd all, he'd been mostly a defensive-oriented um, player with just kind of offensive upside. Um, so maybe he's a late bloomer like Kubalik, uh, who you know it took him some time to find his offense over in Europe as well. Um, so, you know, I suppose there's always an outside chance that we get a nice impact. You know, maybe he ends up kind of being more like a Dominic Cahoon uh, sort of player. But, yeah, I, I'll definitely dive into some video on him, um, hopefully over the next couple of weeks. Or maybe I'll do it in the offseason since he's, you know, obviously not going to be participating here. But, um, yeah, I'll, defini- I'll, I'll definitely uh, have a report on him at some point. 
Well, we did get the uh, full schedule for the games. So we now know that the Blackhawks are going to play um, August 1st, 3rd, and 5th. And the first game is at, I believe, 2 p.m. Central or 1 p.m. Central. Um, uh, yeah, it's the it. afternoon game. I, I, I don't have the time zone straight yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if and that then, was local time or, or the Toronto time. Yeah, and then games um, uh, 2 and 3 are late, 9.30 Central time. And that's the only times we've... I don't know if we've gotten times for games 4 and 5, but so there are going to be a couple late games. Yeah, I mean, I guess Blackhawks fans should be used to that. Um you know, the Blackhawks draw television audiences and, you know, the league and NBC is not going to want to be playing them in the afternoon on a regular basis. They're going to be they want them in prime time. And well, and not just the Blackhawks in this case. Obviously, you got uh, McDavid involved um, from the uh, Edmonton side. And, you know, obviously, that's a big draw in Canada as well. So I, I can understand the uh, the, the later. uh times for them it just you know it sucks for the Blackhawks fans uh it's it's just not good timing for for Central but we've seen this happen in years past where you know the Blackhawks will get stuck on uh late starts even on home games uh late starts like this and games running past midnight and it it's no fun uh it's, it's a grind but it's it's kind of the uh, price of, of of being successful and you know having a large audience. Uh, the the you're gonna have to bend to the will of the uh, television uh, producers. So yep, just is what it is. And um, I should note there is a preseason game against the Blues when they get to Edmonton, but. I'm not, I can't remember the exact date of that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I honestly cannot remember now. I, I know I read it somewhere, but it's, uh, it's slipping my mind, and I don't have it up in front of me, unfortunately. Well, you know, as exciting as preseason hockey games are, I don't, you're not, not going to miss much if you don't watch it. But I mean, it is a game. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, assuming I'm not doing anything, which, you know, given the state of the world, I'm probably not going to be doing anything. Um, I at least like the option of tuning in and just kind of checking it out. I don't know if I would actually watch the whole game, but um, it's at least an option. That's right. And it won't be on the marquee network, so your chances of watching it if it's on TV will be good. Sorry, that was unnecessary, but I thought I'd throw it in. Hey, uh, you know, plenty of uh, Cubs fans, I'm sure, uh, would be uh, listening to us as, you know, also being Cubs writers. (laughs) So um, I'm sure there's a little bit of uh, cross-platform listeners there. So they get it. Well, is there any other stuff about the box that you wanted to touch on this week that you might have seen or saw somewhere? Uh, No, I think that... uh... That pretty much covers it. Um, oh, I guess um, some fans uh, may have heard the name Max Shulinov over the last couple of years um, as a potential guy coming over from Russia. Uh, he's actually was a Blackhawks draft pick a long time ago. I want to say like eight years ago. 
maybe even longer than that, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, it was a guy who who did play in the NHL, not in the NHL, in the AHL for the team, again, like nine years ago or something like that. Uh, But ended up going back over to Russia. Took a long time to develop, but um, has had a couple of nice years over in the KHL. Um, But, and his contract did come up uh, at the end of the KHL season this spring. But uh, with everything getting pushed back, um, I, I don't blame him. It, it, the, the Blackhawks didn't seem to be in any hurry to sign him, I think, with uh, all of the uh, uncertainty. And, and maybe at this point, because he is like 28, 29, maybe they just felt like he's just not going to be in their future. So uh, he did resign in the KHL on a one-year deal. Um, I think he might have an opt-out if uh, an NHL deal comes along. Or no, I'm sorry. His team did agree that as soon as the KHL season is over, he would have the option of going over to the NHL. So maybe at the uh, end of next season, if the Blackhawks are looking for a little extra depth, a little more little more of an offensive boost heading into next year's playoffs, he, he, he could be an option. But uh, he's not going to be with the team at the start of next year. So that would be maybe my only other uh, um, little note that I can remember. And, um, you know, next week and we'll have a show, but then um, after that, the seasons, it might, we only might have one more podcast before the actual games get going. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we'll, uh, I think it'll fall our, our next podcast will fall right around uh, the time of their their uh, game against the Blues, if I remember correctly. So, you know, we might have a little bit of word on that. Hopefully by next week as well, we'll have more word on Corey Crawford and the state of some of the, the, the defensemen who've been out um, and, you know, just have a, a better idea of what the Blackhawks roster is actually going to look like uh, for the opening round. Is it, when's the, is it like the 23rd? When do Teams start moving towards Toronto and Edmonton. I think I think it is. Uh, I think it's like the middle of next week, or maybe the end of next week. So, depending on when we brought or you know when we record, um, you know we might we might have some news on you know what what things are looking like there. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll you know we'll hopefully be able to do kind of like a preview episode then and then yeah the following week uh we're gonna be getting into right near to game action again mm-hmm. depending on when we record so yeah i mean in the meantime you'll you're gonna get some baseball starting up in a week here as well um can be a little bit of a distraction and um and then uh yeah the week after you're gonna get some hockey yep all right well that's a good spot to end it on and um michael on twitter MJ underscore Ernst. I'm STH85. You can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple podcast app. And if you want to rate and review, go ahead and do that too. But yeah, the season's uh, fast approaching again. So it's going to be interesting. And um, yeah, just I'll add everybody stay safe out there and uh, go Hawks.